There you go. Nice. Now we're talking. Look at that. Sweet. Dude, so good, right. good day. It's, what's yes. happening, guys? What's going on? How are you? Good. good. Whoa, why did I go dark all of a sudden? I don't know. Because oh, right. I, I, I put on the Reason video and it put a black... Uh, Look at those graphics behind you. I know. Wow. Uh, my graphics were done by uh, Claudio Bergman, who did Firepower for Judas Priest. And by, oh, actually, he did your graphics too, Jeremy. Yeah, he did mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Claudio's great. I, Claudio is great. He, he's fantastic. Okay. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. Cool. Let's get right into it. Our next guests are legendary rockers. You know them, you love them. They're blowing up on TikTok, which is super random, celebrating the 20th anniversary of their big debut record this year. Massive hits. I mean, come on. They've got like almost a billion streams on that huge hit. Like that's 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 yeah, like, almost a billion streams oh. on the reason one song. Come on. Like, geez, Dan, Doug, Hoobastank, what's up? How are you? Welcome to the show. Good to see you guys. So talk about this whole thing, man. Like, were you expecting in 2021 all of a sudden Hoobastank would be trending worldwide on TikTok of all places? No. I mean, <laughs> come on. It came out of nowhere. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, us blowing up on TikTok is, TikTok is the equivalent of uh, the background, the fire background. That we were just we were talking about the awesome background. We've always joked about it. Oh, yay. It's another, you know, we get our second 15 minutes of fame and and uh, we've been saying we're down. I think it's down to like two minutes left. I, I think we have a minute left. Yeah. Oh, come on. Soak it in. Take it all in. Why not? We Capitalize. are. We're soaking the 15 minutes in. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm beating them like a dead horse. Hey, you know right. what, though? Soaking in anything for too long is bad for your skin. Listen, I'm at minute 16 myself, so I'm, I'm already past the due date. So what are you going to do? <laughs> You know, um, talk to me a little bit about that that first album because you know, look, Jeremy's twenty six. He wasn't born when it came out. Actually, were you? It's yeah, you were born. Yeah, yeah, you were born in uh, two thousand one. Yeah. But by uh, by the turn of of the millennium, you know, my bands, my Aerosmith and my Bon Jovi's and my Def Leppers, they they had sort of abandoned what they were doing, and I was lost in space. And Hubastain came out, and I heard the song, and I went, "Yeah, it's not for me. I don't I don't do new music. I'm the I'm the old guy." And I shouldn't have done that because you listen to the reason now and you listen to those albums. And I went back and I listened to it, especially for this interview. And you go, you know what? These motherfuckers are good. What a great band. So so just talk to me about that. What a, I mean, really, you really are. Uh, I just use that clip. Yeah, we're going to apologize for being motherfuckers. First of all, we're, yeah. gonna, we're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah. Um, no, but did, did you talk to me about sort of finding that space because you, you were creating this new space with these new fans. You had Jay Baumgartner, who wasn't really Jay Baumgartner, that guy. He was also just starting out and and you finally getting to this point where now people on TikTok and other generations are discovering and going, yep, these guys are good. Dude, I hope you're right. I, no. I, I love he I love hearing all this stuff, but in theory, it sounds amazing. But we'll, only time will tell if, if those new TikTok listeners or fans are going, yep, these guys are good. Um, oh, you are. Can I ask you a question now? Yeah, go what ahead. Were you, what were you listening to that you were like, nope, I don't want to listen to Hoobastank or you know these bands. I want to listen to X, Y, Z. What was it that you were into at the turn of the- Well, I'll you know, tell you, no listen, I, uh, I'm a child who, who, who went through my music in the 80s. So I loved uh, you know, hysteria, and I loved pyromania, and I loved what the Scorpions were doing, and I loved what Aerosmith were doing, Permanent Vacation and all that. And then you got to the 90s, and what Aerosmith and Def Leppard were doing was just sort of like, oh, why are we here? And so by 2000, I was sort of in this lost space of, okay, 
So now I started getting into heavily into Metallica. I started getting heavily into Iron Maiden. I was trying to discover these other old bands that I had never really listened to. So that, that's where I was. I was sort of in this, well, the bands that I love, even Brian Adams was sort of doing this like strange stuff. So, so that's where I was. And, and I was at that point in life where I was, you know, 30 going, I'm not listening to new bands. Fuck new bands. I, I don't do new bands, which is funny now because now I listen to nothing to but, you know, Buck Cherry. I listen to Hoobastank. I, li- I even listen to, 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 to Limbistic. Old, <laughs> yeah. no, old bands. Old bands. <laughs> no, but I, I started listening to all these bands that I, that I should have not been so critical about. And so uh, Can I I'm say- glad. Yeah, that story that you just told is probably one of the most common stories. Yes, for for people um, who are old. People, I, yeah, you know, I mean, the same thing goes for us too. I was like, Trust that's a, I was letting you speak, but that's my story. I'm no, like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Often listens to only the stuff that grew that I grew up with. Yeah, like in in dressing rooms before we would go on. Yep, DJing. It was typically, you know, the, the the bands that we grew up listening to in the early 90s, mid 90s. Um, and there's this nostalgia. Yeah, end of high school, out of high school. That's and, and, I, and I'm guessing it's because at that point, in most people's lives, you are the spongiest sponge you can be. And you're soaking up and absorbing everything. And, yeah. and, it, and, and you look back, it's gone. And you look back on it and you're like, oh, man, like I was thin then. I had hair then. I got this <laughs> and, and fuck, it was awesome. And now it doesn't exist. So, I didn't say any of those things, by the way. <laughs> First of all, you can say it, and and, and yeah. I'm not fat, so I at least I've kept that part of, of it. No, dude. Up. No, no. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. I was the fat guys or us right now. Okay? We are the fat Same. Guys. Oh, and and by the way, neither Jerry or Jeremy or I get insulted. You you can say whatever you want. Call me fat. Call me bald. We we don't. We we we're good at at this stuff. But no, it's just interesting, and it, it's it's amazing to see here we are twenty years later. And now my daughter's on TikTok and my son's on TikTok and they discover these bands. And the other day she was singing a song from a completely random band, whatever, Brian Adams. And I go, how do you know that? She goes, oh, it's on TikTok. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter how you get it as long as you can get it somehow. Right. That, that's new what music. I'm saying. New yeah. music is what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, but that, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. When we were younger and we would hear an older song kind of like how your daughter heard Brian Adams. We, I feel like, realized it was old. Yeah. We knew that was a classic. But I I could be wrong. I feel like your daughter and her peers and the youth yep. maybe don't see it that way as much as we did because they're learning about it on current platforms. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you just real quick about the current platforms. How do you manipulate that or use that to your advantage? Because now you've had this opening You've had this incredible success. You are viral. People are talking about the, the not perfect and the whole thing, not too perfect. How do you now sort of turn that into the next step in the career where you go, okay, we've got this door open. How do we walk through it? I was going to ask you that, actually. So I can't. Well, all right. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you. Uh, yeah, just uh, create a new hashtag. No, I don't know. Right. Uh, Honestly, that's... that's um there's been uh, 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 some, a lot of inner band dialogue about that because I think that's a misconception to a certain extent in its own that, um, that I think you use the word manipulate that how do you manipulate, you know, like the uh, what's happening right. as if we have any control over what happened in the first place. You know, we didn't, right. we didn't plant the song. We didn't tell whoever started this challenge 
to do it, it happened. And we, and you know, we didn't even he, get it on our radar till 300 million people were doing it. And then we didn't even jump in until almost 400 people, million people were doing it. So like it, this wave was, has a mind of its own and it would be, and at least in my estimation, and, or maybe this is just an excuse I use to not have to make more TikTok videos. Um, it would be silly for us to think like, okay, this is ours, you know, like we get to now steer this bus wherever we want it to go. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're just on this thing. We're like, Hey, we're, it's one of those, it's, uh, a, wave, it's yeah. a wave pool and everybody's in the inner tube. And we, at the last second, we've jumped in the, with the inner tube, the two of us and we're going and <laughs> no. you know, so, yes, yeah. by the way, that would be a great success video. That's a great but, video but, of a but, concept. But, I but love there's, how there's, they jumped in at 400 million. They went uh, 399. That's not nothing not serious. Not, not enough. But four, but four, four. four. Oh, Four. Look at oh no, but you yeah. but you know what I mean. Like so, yes, all we, all we can do is all we can do at this point is have fun with it. We're gonna throw some more videos out. We kind of feel uh, we've been around in this game for long enough to know the uh, the the pros and cons of of, mm -hmm. of social media, uh, and and we've been on both ends of it. We've been the high praise and we've been the punchline for for as long as we've been around. We, we know. We get it. Um, Are you going to cut up this so, video and make us a TikTok uh, star with you? That'd, that'd be kind of cool. If you want. Um, down. You, you have my permission. <laughs> TikTok, 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 for some reason, I mean, we've thought about it for why. It seems like a friendlier environment. I'll be honest with you. The, mm -hmm. the comments, the people who engage on TikTok seem uh, a little bit more just friendly and not there. Nicer to, people. To, yeah, not there to tear you a new ass, like if on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Or YouTube, or YouTube you know, comments. <laughs> yes, exactly. It seems it seems different than that. And because when we decided to jump into the pool, um, we did it in a self-deprecating manner, the way mm -hmm. we are normally. We're just kind of, we, you know, uh, dudes having fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I, we, we kind of felt that may, maybe this is the outlet besides Facebook and Twitter, like maybe this is the outlet where we can kind of just fuck around and, and, and kind of show what we normally are like rather than, Hey, we're playing yeah. a show with yeah. whatever. And, and everything's like statistical, you know, this is just something we'd have some more fun with. It wasn't like a well-calculated thing where you guys sat in a boardroom with management. It was like, okay, what should we do? What's the next thing? So that, <laughs> to come full circle. That's my point. It would be like silly of us to now think we can now well calculate something into, you know, like now let's do this. Well, like, let's just, rewind though but yeah i mean that's not how it happened but i'm not gonna the phone rang afterwards and yeah it was the people that know the algorithms and stuff like that when they need to do the and we're just like this is so oh yeah the fun that we had with it for five minutes immediately became <laughs> oh wait yes maybe <sighs> maybe maybe dan shouldn't be on that frame so long maybe like let's do this and that's funnier and and the oh. more that happened we were just like fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it became the job you have the tiktok seminar at the management office all right boys well, come in it. for the tiktok well, man <laughs> it, it kind of just sucks the soul out of having the fun at the end of the day i guess you know right. yeah we talk about this some um... yeah go on i was just gonna say we were at my house trying to do a TikTok video or do one early on, me, him, me, Doug, and our drummer, Chris. And it was actually a lot of fun being together and filming stuff. It reminded me of when we were younger and together all the time. And um, we were just laughing our asses off. We, we ended up not posting this particular video that we had made. It was the, 
buying the Ferrari. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should post it. It probably would have 500 million views. Yeah. But us, us just watching it after we did it, that's just enough for us to watch right. ourselves be the biggest douchebags <laughs> um, and just own it and just crack up. So, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, so, yeah. Talk about the 20th anniversary of this record. You know, the debut album comes out in 2001, and it's got some great tunes in there. But, you know, I'm very curious, though. You you guys had one of, I think, one of the best-sounding records of the early 2000s. You listen to Crawling in the Dark. It's heavy. The guitars sound huge and awesome. And mm-hmm. I feel like record production was coming back to having big sounds again, whereas, you know, in the 90s, it was, you know, garage with two mics on the drums and... <laughs> You know, just crappy tones. And this record sounded fantastic. And then you even take it up a notch with Reason. Give me a little bit of backstory on the Reason just real quick. Because, you know, how do you guys go from writing a tune that's, like, heavy, like, crawling in the dark, and then write, you know, one of the greatest, I think, you know, in a way, it's a power ballad. Well, we didn't go from crawling in the dark straight to the Reason. There, you know, it was a couple years. There was 12 songs in between. Yeah. That first record has crawling in the dark on it but it also has a couple of slower songs on there if you listen to the second to last i think it's the second to last song is it called to be with you yeah it's called mm-hmm. to be with you i don't think that there's a overdrive or distortion in the song it, it might even be yeah on between the first album and the reason album it might be the the slowest song right there was a certain um just uh, uh i don't know there the, obviously there neither of those are concept albums by any mean but you you do pay attention to the the tempo and the flow and the the, the energy of an, an entire album, and with a, with us, we always kind of felt like, dude, we've been going, you know, four on the floor, pedal the metal. We need to like let's song six, let's have a breather, you know, let's let's kind of slow it down. And we obviously have um, roots in a lot of '80s music, power ballads and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, um, that, you've covered tears. You, you've covered tears for fears over the years, right? It doesn't. It doesn't. It never seemed foreign. It seemed pretty good. Like, my favorite songs were were a lot of those power ballads by the bands I liked. You know. Well, and all the bands that we all four listened to had some type of their own version of a ballad or a or a slow song on, on their albums, whether it was Metallica, Zeppelin, mm-hmm. uh, whoever did. Yeah. So that was basically it. It was never like, yo, we just did the self titled album. You know, went platinum. We're really, really good. Now let's do a power ballad. Like, um, it came out. Uh, writing wise as natural as anything else and even when we were done uh, you know the the record's done it's being mixed um, it's time to have the powwow with a record label and management where we all listen and go okay what do you you know what do you think of potential singles and blah blah you know mm-hmm. perfect world what would be one two and maybe three I'm pretty sure that nobody in the band chose the reason as a single or a management like that's how off the radar it was at the time it literally was the slow song for that record you know like wow um so we saw them singing it it got to chorus number two we were all in this board this this boardroom meeting whatever with all these suits from the record label they're playing a couple of songs we guess the reason by the time it gets to chorus two these people and this is the first time hearing it are are already singing the chorus a little bit you can see them and some of the words were wrong but i remember just sitting there going it was the most contrived bullshit ever (laughs) (laughs) but we used to joke we used to joke about record companies like you you fly into different cities and the rep picks you up and Mm -hmm. and they they have to drive a certain route 
right. uh, yep. to get from the airport or whatever to the red company. And they had to make sure that route is like littered with your posters just, just oh, for, yeah. just <laughs> so they think that you're doing shit, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, the I gatekeepers thinking, are so fun. So I'm thinking they, they probably made all those people go, you motherfuckers have to memorize this song. Here, I'm giving to you a week early. When these assholes get here, you pretend it's the greatest thing to, since sliced bread and and that. So that's totally believable, but you know whether it, yeah, whether it happened that way or not, I don't know, but it could have. But it's interesting, you know, you talk about you know, it was just kind of like the slow song for that record, but you go from the success of that first album, you know, it goes platinum and everything. So you guys didn't have like an A and R guy in the studio sitting over your shoulders and saying, All right, you know, pressure's on, boys. You need to write this Dude, type of song, write this our, type of our, to his credit, or I don't know, depending on if you think it's a good or bad thing, our A and R guy was just like a bro. <laughs> like he didn't he showed up at pre-production and then he showed up when it was done. Like and he's nice. like, oh, what'd you guys got? You know, he like he had a really interesting way of working. Extremely good at what he does and did. I mean, he's been responsible for signing some really big bands. Um, he's done well, but yeah, like I've said, he'd come in the studio and hang and shit. But it wasn't like he was saying like, "Hey, this needs a pre-chorus." Or our, when he left the company, the next dude came in and started saying, "Dude, that he, and we're like, what but, you? but he used to say that he's like, that's not my job. You guys write the music. You give it to me, and I'll make sure the company." fucking wants to push it you know like they love it i'm the, i'm gonna sell it to them you know like let so. me ask you something about this because you know back then when going through the 90s and aerosmith and Def, they just they power balloted us to death and it was just like enough already fucking get back to rocking how important was it for you to have a song like the reason and and were the record companies still sort of going by that old formula you need a rocker you need a because to me, it would seem that with the new bands, with the Buck Cherries, with the Limp Biscuits, they they would want to try a new formula. No, I I mean, it goes back to the formula thing. Like we didn't we didn't we were never pressured by the, the, the company record company to write a ballad, and okay. we didn't we weren't pressured by ourselves to write a ballad. We just like, hey, that's a cool idea. It happens to be slow, like it happens it does, to be mellow. I feel like it does dictate though the next song that they will release from that album. And right. I feel like it'd be for us. Going, going into the Reason album, coming off the success of the, the first album, the only type of influence I felt or heard from the record company like uh, was what's going to be the next Crawling in the Dark. So they were, they were, they didn't even have ballads on their radar. There was like, what's going to be the next like up-tempo rock jam from you right. guys, you know? Um, so I think it caught them by surprise as much as it did anybody else. Wow. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it caught them by surprise because, you know, you, you, you look back at the last 30 years before the album comes out, it's like Molly Crew's good for Home Sweet Home and Aerosmith has Angel. And it's just like, listen, yeah. all these supposed rock bands are, do, are doing the thing. Um, the, the, the song's about you to You know what, a- though, but you say, you say that those are the, ty- the types of songs that we would probably in our heads go, yeah, well, yeah, Molly Crew had Home Sweet Home. And- I've said oh, that yeah. before. That's yeah. exactly yeah. how the, the reason came about because we listened to... Uh, Nothing else matters, or what's um, the the one on Ride Lightning, the ballad one? Um, oh, fade to black. Uh, fade to black. Fade to yeah, black yeah. Fade to black. When I was a kid. Fucking amazing. You know, and they got heavy in it too, a little bit towards the end. Um, but, but all these bands had these a curveball, just like a little bit of a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. And and by the way, it's amazing the amount of shit Metallica took for Fade to Black when that came out. Fans went, oh, that's it. They sold out. I'm not listening to this band ever again. The hell with them. What's the slow crap? 
And now you go to yeah. a Metallica show and those same fans who are 50 years old are going, they didn't fucking play Fade to Black tonight. How, what, what the hell? Why didn't they play that song? I, I don't understand. It's the yeah. best song ever. Right. So that in that in that mindset, it never seemed foreign for us to have like a mellow tune, you know, like it was in fact, it was something that felt right. It was the fade to black. It was the sanitarium. It was the, you know, these the uh, these songs that obviously those got super, super heavy and stuff like that. But they were mellow and they had a more melodic quality to it. And and it just seemed normal. It wasn't like, yo, we got a red power ballad. Yeah, let yeah. me let me let me just ask you before uh, before I, I give it back to Jeremy for a second. The song is going to have a billion views in the next year or so, and you've got this twentieth anniversary celebration of the first album. Do, do you have plans for either to celebrate? Because I, I think when the clock or or the the, the counter hits a billion, you got to make some noise. You got to you got to say something, right? Just like <laughs> some, some, flam, some, flam, some flam. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, are you guys going to do, you know, like, jeez, uh, I don't know, release, even for the 20th anniversary of this, are you going to, you know, going to do like a 20th anniversary, you know, uh, vinyl box set with demos, do an expanded kind of thing for the 20th anniversary or put out some new product? I was just on the phone with our manager about it um, beginning of the week. I don't think we're going to do the vinyl on this one is what I heard. Um, we did a vinyl on the 15 year anniversary of the reason, which was a year, a couple years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. We've been milking that one and just still celebrating that one. Nobody, yeah. Nobody's counting. Nobody's counting anymore. Yeah. <laughs> time doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but now's the time to print the vinyls again of the reason. Get like a limited edition swirl. Get that in Urban Outfitters. They'll, they'll sell out. Dude, I was in Urban Outfitters uh, last week and I called with my, our manager around. I was like, how come the reason's not in here? Like, dude, we're fucking huge on TikTok. Exactly. Now's the time. Get an Urban Outfitters. (laughs) Get the limited edition seven inch. Yeah, but for the um, for the first album, the twenty year anniversary. Um, so at the beginning of quarantine in twenty twenty, dude, it was about a year ago today. Literally, I started. I I filmed or somebody filmed pretty much everything of us uh, back then, and um, whether. We all bought video cameras. So at my house over the last couple of years, I've had two of his camcorders, all his tapes. I've had my drummer, Chris's. I've had mine over 200 tapes and I've been transferring them from those to, uh, to make them digital. Nice. And it's us in the studio on the first record, you know, like I found some video of, of, of him doing vocals on crawling in the dark. I found video of us, you know, just, just really cool stuff of us in the studio. If anybody's interested in that stuff, we have it. Nice. And uh, we're talking. We're talking about chopping it up and either making something one piece or doing it in in segments and putting it up on our YouTube channel. And uh, just it's. I mean, we're in our early twenties in it. And yeah, it, it, we by far of any album have the most footage, like behind the scenes, either recording, writing, uh, and tour footage from the first record than we do any other uh, album. Nice. And some of it's interesting and some of it's probably lame as hell but we'll figure we'll curate it somehow you know and figure out how to put it out you know we've talked about maybe doing at some point um you know leading all the way up to the actual date of when it was released 20 years ago um hmm. you know releasing releasing an episode or a couple, once a week twice a week whatever you know mm-hmm. uh, on our youtube channel and i then go for the, and then maybe release all of it you know in some form of digital thing or something um 
Yeah, and, and, it's, uh, and the yeah. dick scene that you know old school footage that's never been seen before. Like, just if if there was footage of you cutting the original vocal take for crawling in the dark or something, like, fan, you put that up. I on wouldn't the- watch it. People I wouldn't like, watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to watch it. You just have to monetize it. Uh, he'll cringe. He, anytime somebody comes on, old of us. I don't want to see it. I lived it. I don't want to see it again. Have, <laughs> I have um, poured salt on the wound so many times that it doesn't affect me. And plus, I, I do enjoy it. But there are some things that I see that I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I cringe, but I think I've seen it because I've had to go through stuff so right. much for content. Um, I'm a little desensitized to it. Uh, yeah. But but it's but there's some funny shit, man. There's some stuff of us when we're just we didn't know anything. We were young. We hadn't been through anything yet, you know. Um, which is the cool thing to look back on and see, and yeah. then and then yeah. remember what happened the next few years after that. Right. Know? We had no idea. <laughs> so there's some footage of us, like I said, in in the studio doing drums but we're all together in the room together kind of getting ready to play crawling in the dark for the first time to record the drums and you hear him kind of you know speaking singing the lyrics and i'm dicking around on the guitar and you hear the riff and then you hear the producer just go all right let's let's do crawling in the dark and then we go into it and it's fucking cool man and so i've always imagined us doing something with it to where we're, we're presenting that to our, our fans and we're showing it to them and then maybe it crossfades from there to two years later, and now we're in Japan. It, yeah, it's inter- it's interesting to think about when you see it. Like this is before anybody heard any of this. You know, like <laughs> this is it's this is when it was still fresh in our own like creative heads, and and uh, with with no idea what it was going to do for our careers and how many times we'd be playing it and how many people we'd be playing it in front of. You know, uh, so it's kind of weird to look at it that way. But it's very, it's it's cool to see how you know it went from conception to what it became. So it is. <clears throat> um, I, I've got one last one here just b- before we run off. Uh, the last album came out three years ago on Napalm Records. Napalm Record is a death metal label. Um, talk to me I about. Don't, I don't know. Where, I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> well, I'm just curious about the uh, the the fact that you went over to a death metal label. Uh, <laughs> All our death metal songs that got that were B sides on that on that album. <laughs> <laughs> no of course you did you did put out a song on there called a buzzkill so i guess that was sort of you trying to be death metally i guess but then you did yeah. true believer I, which they, they were trying to get into uh into different music than just right. metal and we were in a weird spot um and it was just a one-off thing and yeah it's it's honestly not very complicated they basically you know we we had just left our last label and we're like uh you know do you guys want to do another record sure you know uh well this company wants to work with you guys and they're trying to branch out a little bit and they're right okay are, are, yeah are you down sure okay um it, it never made a whole lot of sense to me but it was we thought it fun. was just as fucking nuts as all the bands on that label thought it was what do you mean the, fu- the fucking reason guys are on our death metal label what the fuck's going on oh, here? that's what that's what we would have gone to them. you guys are a bunch of pussies man you're on the same you're the same label as the guys the reason guys yeah, I, I was looking forward to the uh, candle mass crematory uh, hoobastank yeah. triple bill. I mean, I thought that would, you know, the the, te- the techer. What, what are you looking at? Some of the bands on this label, Zandria, Vintersug. And, and you know what? We would have played that show too. 
happened. Yeah, why, why the fuck and, not? And, you play and laughed our, and, and laughed ourselves to sleep that night, probably. Okay. This Friday, Hooba Stank, special guest, Fetus Crucible. Dude, we, it, it wouldn't be, it, yeah, it wouldn't be the first time. We've, we've done some, some festivals in Europe. I remember one specifically in Norway where we played in between like some black metal, you know, Norwegian bands. Nice. And it was hilarious. Like I, I couldn't, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I can't really say yeah. what the audience thought, but I. No, but you see, that's the thing about, about Europe. You'll go to a festival like Wacken and they'll have crematorium and all this, and then they'll have foreigner on there and you go, wait, what? Right, right. Yeah. Whereas in North America, you know, oh, I know. Here in I North America, was, we're we're, we're very, was, uh, you know. Go ahead. Yes, it's very red. We do that. We you're gonna you're going off on another tangent. Absolutely. Yes. Like that's one of the things we love about European uh, and like uh, Asian uh, festivals because you it's it's anything goes, and the audience, everybody, awesomely. It's not like oh this next band sucks. You they they're doing the same shit. Yeah. For the for the heaviest band ever that just played for the pop band that's playing right now, you know, not fest, Slipknot's festival in uh, in Japan, and crushed. We killed it. It was yeah, so much fun. yeah. I mean, yeah. We weren't like all the other bands on there, but um, it was there, every other band on there was extremely heavy, and they were fucking awesome bands. Uh, Listen, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, good songs, fun. good songs are good songs, and if people are gonna go out and sing them, it, why not? <laughs> and you know what? Ironically, our entire careers, we have been told even prior to a record deal that, well, you guys are a lot heavier live than you are on your albums. Like no, without, without uh, any exception, that's always been the case with, with anybody who's, who like likes our music and then comes to see us live. They always walk away. They're like, you guys are a lot heavier than I realized. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you guys are killing it on TikTok. 20th anniversary of the big, big record. Who was staying available? Make sure you get it, you know, and look out for the awesome footage of you guys singing in the studio you won't yeah. be watching but we'll be watching we'll be watching, <laughs> right. we'll be watching for that follow us on we'll, we'll post stuff up on instagram twitter yeah facebook tiktok yeah i follow you guys on instagram you guys are great on socials you you do it good thank you yeah. I, I love it and i love the tiktok and i'll i will uh I, I will make sure i follow and i'll tell my daughter to make sure she follows so there we go yeah. we appreciate there you it, go. Thank you guys. this ha- this has been an absolute pleasure for me i, I have to say and uh, I should have listened 20 years ago, but I'm listening now. So that's all that matters. Boom. You know what, dude? I just got to say before you edit, I did the same shit with YouTube. Yeah. Like I was a hater. Not a hater. I just. I, I wasn't a hater. I just, I didn't have time for it. I just went, no, I, I have my bands. I don't need new bands. I have my bands. I was a, I wasn't a hater. I was a, I, I was a pompous, a little bit pompous. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I guess I, I would say that was the same for me. But then as I got a little bit older, I uh, started to revisit bands that that were already existing and, and fell in love with them and, and saw why they are, they are so amazing. Yeah. And now all you listen to is yacht rock. <laughs> <laughs> yacht rock, baby. Yeah. <laughs> all about the yacht rock. Oh, there we go. Uh, all right. As we, as we say in Montreal, merci beaucoup. Thank you so much. Absolute pleasure today. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. See you later.